There has always been a delicate balance between chaos and control. My name is Siegfried, and I represent Chaos. Over the past few months, we have assembled a stockpile of nuclear weapons, which we distributed to unstable dictators. Now, with that balance threatened, it's time to turn to one man. How do I know you're not control? If I were control, you'd already be dead. If you were controlled, you'd already be dead. Neither of us is dead, so I'm obviously not from control. That actually makes sense. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we are concluding our summer, summer message series on the last, uh, uh, talking about the last of the nine fruit of the Spirit that are found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And this morning we're talking about self-control. And as I was Looking at the scriptures that deal with that this week, I, Maxwell Smart came to mind, and and his battle between chaos and control. And some of you will remember the television show uh, that are a little bit older. Uh, this clip was from a movie a few years ago that was uh, based on that uh, show. But the basic plot of the movie and the show is that there's this organization called Chaos, K-A-O-S, and they're trying to take over the world, and the U.S. government agency called Control is trying to save the world from the evil schemes of chaos. And when Paul is talking, what Paul is talking about in the scripture that we've been studying all summer and in this series is that we all have our own chaos and control battle going on inside. And uh, look again at Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Uh, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And for the last several weeks, we, we've kind of been passing over that first word, that connecting or transitional word at the beginning of the sentence, that word, but... Uh, obviously, we're coming in in the middle of something here. And so to get us started, we're going to go back a few verses and look at what Paul had been talking about just prior to this to get a picture uh, of what's at stake, what the outcome is when we aren't in step with the Spirit. So in Galatians five thirteen and 14, Paul says this. He says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So he's saying, let love lead. That's where we started the sermon series. Then he goes on uh, in 16 and 17. And it says, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, for the sinful nature desires what's contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what's contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do what you want. So Paul's contrasting the fruit of the spirit and another kind of fruit. There's this battle going on in us, two natures 
in conflict with each other, one nature pulling us one way and the other urging us another. And we've been studying the outcomes uh, of when the Spirit is in control, when we're in step with the Spirit. But Paul gives us a list just prior to that list of the outcomes that we can expect when the sinful nature uh, wins out. And so let's look at that list. It says the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. Uh, Is you know, that's enough said, right? Uh, and uh, then he goes on, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So the conflict is real. The stakes are high. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is the battle in our lives between chaos and control. Whether you're just beginning to explore faith in God or you've been a Christian for a while, there's this ongoing battle within us to control. Control over emotions, over our desires, over bad habits, over addictions, over our words, over self-centeredness, over anger. And today we're going to look at how to get control in the areas of your life where lack of control can damage your relationships, damage your health, and your future. And, you know, I don't know what it is for you yelling at your kids, pornography or other types of addictions, spending money that you don't have, problems managing anger, gossiping about other people. But God has provided direction and provision so that we have a way out of that. And the scripture that we're going to focus on this morning is Proverbs 25 and 28. It's our memory verse for today, so let's read it together. Proverbs 25, 28. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Proverbs 25, 28. Uh, Another translation reads, like a city broken into and without walls is a person who lacks self-control. Now, we don't have walls around our cities anymore, so we kind of need to stop and think about what this means. At the time uh, that the Bible was written, uh, cities were built near a source of water. They didn't have the means that we have of getting water, and They were usually built on hills so that they had an advantage over enemies when um, they were attacked. And then they would build walls around the city. And these were not skinny little walls. These were 14 to 20 feet thick walls uh, that would protect the city. And they were usually very high as well. And the top of the wall would be flat. So the guards could walk around the city, see if there were any criminals inside, but also watch for enemies that were attacking from the outside. The people would go outside of the walls during the day to tend their flocks and uh, feed them. And then at night they would come back into the city and the gates would be shut and everything was secure. So, So think with me, if you were to live in a city without walls, what would be at risk? What would be, what would that be like? Wild animals, danger, you're at risk for loss, right? I mean, the enemy can easily attack and take things, uh, kill your family, whatever. 
You're, it's an insecure place to be. And the walls made the city a safe place to be. The walls were a source of protection, and they were a defense against loss and suffering. And the writer of Proverbs says that that is what a person without self-control is like. When you lack self-control, when you don't exercise self-control in certain areas of your life, there's a breach in your wall that puts your future, your family, your finances, or your friendships, or your health, or all of the above at risk. And so the focus of today's message is this. Uh, We're going to look at that together. Self-control is a wall that protects your family, your health, your finances, and your future. Self-control will um, save you and others hurt. And to get us kind of thinking about this more in specifically our uh, our own lives, I put a question there in your message notes. And, And the question is, what area do I struggle most in when it comes to self-control. What is the area where you have the most difficulty with self-control? Where's the breach in your wall? What's at risk um, if you lost? Just think about that and write something down there. It can be in code if you don't want your neighbor to see what it is. But uh, go ahead and write something. Pretty sure everybody has something. I know. I do. I've already written mine. (laughs) And the reason I want you to do that is because you can't really begin the process of gaining self-control until you pinpoint the areas of your life where, where you are lacking it the most. And, you know, it can be overeating that puts your health at risk or gambling that puts your finances at risk or alcohol that puts your future at risk, a short-fused temper that puts your relationships at risk, procrastination that puts your work at risk, you know, shopping. Uh, What area do you struggle the most with in self-control? And then the question that follows most naturally from that is, well, then how can I gain self-control that... I need to protect my relationships and my future. And that's where we're going to focus the rest of the message. So if you want to pull out your, you've already got your message notes out, but, uh, and we're going to look at what the scripture says about getting control in the areas of your life. The first thing that we need to do is to rely on the Holy Spirit to help you and provide a way out of temptation. Uh, Remember that uh, self-control is a fruit of the spirit uh, on our own we keep stumbling you know like Maxwell Smart who seems to bumble everything up all the time um, but the outcome or the fruit of having the spirit of Jesus Christ in you is self-control and the word self-control in the Greek uh, comes from the word kratos which means strength or might uh, it's sometimes translated as dominion so self-control that comes from the fruit of the spirit from having Jesus in your life enables you to have dominion, to, to have strength, to overcome temptation or the impulses that cause pain and loss in your life. Uh, we were recreated in Jesus Christ to be overcomers. And sometimes we struggle with this uh, and struggle with something for a long time. It doesn't seem like you can conquer it. 
I just want to say to you today, don't give up. The scriptures say, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Nurture your relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the one that gives you the strength to overcome. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what's common to us all. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You know, pray, ask God, show me the way out. Help me, give me the strength. That power is available to you. And the problem is that we don't always appropriate that power. Old habits die hard. Uh, old patterns are difficult to break. Does anybody, everybody knows how to ride the bike, right? Uh, pretty much everybody, unless at a young age you just, you know, froze up and never learned uh, how to do that. Uh, but once you learn to ride a bike, you never forget how to do that. You get on and you go. You just, you just go the And our old nature responds in that kind of way, like riding a bike. Um, It's like it never forgets to ride. It just, you know, whenever the opportunity comes up, it gets on and starts pedaling, you know. So we have to continue to put the brakes on when we're headed in the wrong direction. And that's the second key to gaining control. We have to practice holding back to build up. We have to practice holding back to build up. Uh, we have to practice doing what we know is the right thing. And that, that might sound funny, you know, but if you think about the language that we use around this, we tell our kids to practice a little self-control, right? We tell ourselves we need to exercise a little uh, self-control. And gaining self-control requires practice. I look at the language that Paul uses in Romans 7, uh, 15. For what I'm doing, I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing that I hate. Ever done that? <laughs> you, just, you know what you want to do. Instead of practicing doing that, you do the very thing that you didn't want to do. And when we talked about this uh, last week, we need to train ourselves to do the right thing by by practicing holding back, by resisting doing the thing that you want to do in order to grow in your ability uh, to um, resist that the next time. And I had an opportunity to do this last Sunday. This is my tub. (laughs) Everything goes into the tub that I'm going to need here on Sunday morning, and I don't want to forget it. If I think about it on Tuesday, I don't want to have to remember it on Sunday, so I put it in the tub. And then the connection cards, the message notes, the laptop that we use in the presentations, everything goes in the tub, and it comes here, that it goes to Bellevue, so I have everything. Well, last Sunday, um, after worship at Bellevue, we were going back into the house after church, and Forrest was carrying the tub, and he had another box in his other hand, and the tub slipped. And my laptop came falling out onto the cement floor in the garage. So I just keep carrying things into the house like it's no big deal, like I would act if a book fell out or something, you know, trying not to be upset at all. I'm thinking it's probably fine. Uh, I didn't even look at it. Then we get inside, and Forrest got it out of the tub, and it had a couple small dents. But then 
we saw that on the one corner where everything plugs in, it, it had gotten dented in, and it looked like the cables weren't going to uh, hook up. Now, um, some of you remember what the sermon was about last week, right? <laughs> or one of you, I don't know. <laughs> Gentleness, right. And, you know, it, it's one thing to come home after hearing a sermon on gentleness and have your computer dropped on the floor, and another thing entirely to have just preached a sermon on gentleness and have your uh, laptop done, especially when you know that next week you're supposed to be talking about self-control. So it kind of raises the bar a little bit on measuring the response, you know. <laughs> And, it, you know, it wasn't one of those things where I had to hold myself back from, you know, a fit of rage or getting angry or anything like that. For me, it's uh, resisting that temptation to say something like, you know, you always try to carry too much or, or something like that. And to just get myself to that place where I could genuinely say it's okay. And um, it was... And as I was processing processing this and thinking about, okay, I'm in school now, you know, what does it take to exercise self-control? The first thing that I noticed was that if I'm going to keep from saying anything, I needed to do three things. And um, I think that these are true for all of us anytime that we need to exercise self-control and see if these ring true to you. Uh, These are the steps uh, that are foundational to holding back in order to build up. And the first is you'll need to identify the emotions or desires that are at work causing you to want to do something you really know you ought not to do. And some of them are listed in Paul's list that we read earlier, and you probably have your own list. But I had to identify the feelings Uh, that I had inside and deal with those. You know, I wasn't really angry. I was disappointed because I I always, like, keep my laptop in a case or something so it doesn't get scratched, and now it was ready for the scratch-and-dent sale, you know. (laughs) And and so I just had to deal with the feelings of disappointment that came with that. And then the second thing, I think it's always easier to uh, exercise self-control when you Think about how your actions affect the people around you. I had to think about how this would affect Forrest. I had to put myself in his place. And, you know, I knew he already felt bad enough. I didn't need to add to that in any way. I mean, uh, he was already feeling bad. Uh, So who else gets hurt by your temper or your addiction to pornography or shopping or whatever it is? And when when you're not exercising self-control and the walls of your city are broken down, who gets hurt by that, and is it worth it? And then the last piece, and this is the one that has the most lasting impact. Uh, The last thing that we need to do is decide to honor God rather than satisfy ourselves. You know, I had to decide what kind of response is most true to who I am as a follower of Jesus Christ. It's these little situations um, that, it, that is where the gospel gets lived out in our lives. It's not at church uh, so much as in our homes. 
in our neighborhoods, at our workplaces, when we can respond in a way that honors God. And I think about how your lack of self-control will affect your relationship with God, your Christian witness, and God's ability to use you for his kingdom purposes. Um, Paul says in Titus 2, if you, uh, I just happened to be my devotional this week, and it was like over and over telling the, the older men to exercise self-control, tell the young women to exercise self-control, tell the, you know, so, and then he gives his so that statement. He tells them to exercise self-control so that, In every way, our lives will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. So that in every way, our lives will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. Every day, we're surrounded with opportunities to practice self-control. And lack of self-control doesn't just hurt us. It hurts our ability to put the gospel and the power of God on display in our lives. So we need to practice self-control. And then sometimes to help us do that, we need to, number three, invite accountability. Uh, depending on how much a hold this thing has on you or how serious the outcomes are, and that might be a Christian counselor, might be a, a trusted friend that you can talk with, get in a small group. Uh, we're starting small groups this fall, and I would encourage you to get in one of those to help nourish your relationship with Jesus Christ. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, If one falls down, his friend can help him up, but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. We are better together. We need each other to be all that God, Christ created us to be and saved us to become. And this fall, we're, we are we're having these small groups on a variety of topics. So, you know, watch and see if there's something that might speak to a need in your life or just get in the Bible study. But if you haven't been in a small group, I would encourage you to do that. And now, as we're closing, go ahead and look back up at the top of your message notes at what you wrote there under that question, what, what area do you struggle most with uh, and self-control? And as I said before, I don't know what it is for you, but think about these steps that we talked about today and, and pull out your connection card. We're going to look at some ways that you might be intentional about um, resisting that and exercising self-control. The first is to memorize Proverbs twenty-five, twenty-eight. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person uh, who lacks self-control. Just say that to yourself when you're um, struggling with something. Then number two, if you haven't committed your life to Jesus Christ, today's a great day to do that. We've been talking throughout the summer about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit, the outcome of having Jesus in your life. Uh, we need him in order to live in this kind of way and in these kinds of ways and if you haven't asked Jesus into your life I would encourage you to do that to take that step today and then the third response is a place to indicate that your intention to begin today August 18th 2013 to practice self-control in the area that you wrote there earlier in the bulletin and, and to take the steps that you need to build the walls up to protect your health your family your finances in your future. Would you pray with me? Lord God, we, we thank you for your word and for 
um, this passage of scripture that helps us to have a picture of what life can be like when we live empowered by your spirit, when we allow you to, to live and work through us fully. And we pray um, as we finish this uh, series that you would help us, God, to rely on your spirit, to, to recognize all the times and opportunities we have to live in this beautiful way that, that you lived. And we ask that you would help us to do that by the power of your Holy Spirit in us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.